Welcome to the Spirit of Life Ministries. Spirit of Life Ministries aim is to call to the born again body of believers to manifest the kingdom of God through the teaching and proclamation of the word of God, as well as the greater good for all humanity. Spirit of Life Foundation is based on Ephesians 4th chapter for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and fullness of Christ, to the edifying of the body of Christ in love. Spirit of Life Ministry's heart is for the restoration of the soul and greater good for all out of love. Please welcome now Sister Beatrice Jackson. Thank you for joining Spirit of Life Ministries. I'm Sister B. I appreciate you tuning in to the podcast to pick up where we left off. We were talking about the necessity of change and how important it is to connect with the Word of God and begin to live as a born-again believer or a child of God's God once we come into the kingdom. And we want to start where we left off in Luke 24, excuse me, Luke 11, verse 24, and it reads, When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. He saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Swept and garnished meaning set in order and decorated. Verse 26 says, Then he goeth and taketh to himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Now the last time we also talked about the reason it's important to fill our hearts and our minds with the word of God once we come to Christ, because we don't want an empty house, we don't want it to be swept and garnished or decorated and set in order without it being filled with the word of God. Because what happens, what, as we see in this example, is once we come to Christ and he fills us and takes the place of the enemy in our life, the enemy can try and come back and influence, her, influence our life in ways that he has no right. He no longer has place in our life. But if we do not fill our hearts and our minds with the word of God, which is being renewed in the spirit of our minds as we take off the old man and put on the new man, which is Christ. When we begin to fill our hearts and minds with the word of God, we put up a defense. We put up a defense and we also are not left with our own understanding. I think I mentioned that last podcast, excuse me, last broadcast too, that we are left to our own understanding and left to ourselves in order to figured this new life in Christ out. I also gave the example. It's like when we, um, when we were children and we were instructed by our biological parents, they gave us instructions as to, and morals and standards as to how to live and conduct ourselves in this world. And we didn't live independently of them. We followed what they said, even if they weren't always right, which is another thing. I mentioned that we need to trust God to be right, even if we don't understand everything we read or what we hear. We need to trust God to be right because he's not like a, a human parent. He's 
infallible. He's unfailing. He cannot make a mistake. He's all wise and all knowing. So he's, he's beyond a human being when it comes to instruction and direction as he guides us through his word. Praise God. That said, we want to begin to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not to our own understanding. And in all our ways, begin to acknowledge him and he shall direct our paths. That's what Proverbs, the third chapter, fifth through the sixth verse lets us know. Because we don't want to act independent of God. Because when we do that, it's a few things that can happen. Not reading and hearing the word of God leads a vo leaves a void in our heart, our mind, and our spirit. As we read in Luke, the 11th chapter, 24th through the 26th verse. It leaves a void there. And we're left vulnerable to the enemy. Because there is a vacuum. There's actually a vacuum. And he will try and fill it. So not only is it important that we read and study the word of God and hear the word of God, we must choose to engage in spiritual things and disciplines like this and to interact with other born-again believers. It also gives us a, a sense of belonging and helps with our transition with our new life in Christ because transformation doesn't happen on its own. We have to remember it's an act of our will to take off the old man, be renewed in the spirit of our mind, and put on the, the new man, which is Christ, by taking in the word of God. As I said, if not, the enemy would try to take the place of God. Another thing that can happen is we can become carnal. And carnal Christians live as though they're not born-again believers. It's, it's hard to distinguish a, a carnal Christian from the world because of being void and empty of the word of God and not being led by the spirit of God. The carnal Christian is led by the flesh or the, or the own self, our own self, our old limited understanding. The, the carnal person also puts their self in God's stead, is self-governed. It thinks and lives independent of God in the word. It doesn't consult with God or that carnal Christian doesn't consult with God or the Bible. It's actually hostile towards God and at odds with him. And though the person may have accepted Jesus as savior, but, but he is not their Lord. He is not their governor. Let's go to Romans, the eighth chapter starting at the fifth verse. And this is the conflict with the spirit and the flesh. Verse five says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse seven, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Enmity meaning hostile towards God, as though it's the enemy of God, actually. For it is not subject to the law or the word of God, neither indeed can be. Verse 8, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So we see here the carnal-minded Christian cannot please God and indeed is not subject to God. 
or his word. That's why it's important to desire the word of God, desire to read the word of God. And of course, you know, it, it doesn't come natural all the time to just want to engage in spiritual disciplines, such as reading and studying the word of God and hearing the word of God and even being around other born again believers. It may not be natural or, or as easy all the time, but we can't go by feeling this is a faith walk and we have to learn how to walk by faith. And one of the ways that we do that is to push past our feelings and, and learn to comply with what we need to do. Because that's the other thing, the carnal mind or the fleshy, the, our flesh goes by feeling versus faith. So we learn, we, we need to learn how to walk by faith right out the bat by interacting with other born again believers and reading the word of God and taking time with the Lord. You know, I mentioned a lot of these things in the necessity of change part two. So that's why I'm not repeating them again. I would ask that you go back and listen to part two. That'll bring you up to speed. Whereas I don't have to repeat a lot of things in this episode. So anyway, let's go to first Peter, the second chapter and the second verse. And he says here, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. So we read here that we have to learn to desire the sincere milk of the word of God that we begin to grow and develop. Because as I said, change, transformation and growth and development doesn't just happen. We must engage. It's an act of our will. Praise God. And as born excuse me, born again believers, we don't just start out on meat as meat eaters, just like a baby doesn't start out um, on meat. You know, they don't have any teeth. They start out on milk. They haven't cut teeth. And as spiritual babes, we haven't cut teeth either. So we need to start out with the sincere milk of the word. Now, the word of God does mention that some are our um, meat, they, they, they can take meat because they have their exercise. I mean, they have their senses exercise where they can discern both good and evil, but that's not the case that I'm talking about. Most need to start with the sincere milk of the word and need to grow in grace and develop into maturity in this walk with Christ Jesus. Praise God. And as I said, another Thing that helps us make that transition into our new life with Christ is to assemble ourselves. Hebrews 10 25 lets us know to not to forsake ourselves. I mean, excuse me, not to forsake assembling ourselves and interacting with other born again believers of the same mind and of the faith in Jesus Christ because we're members one of another. It also gives us a sense of belonging, as I mentioned before. And though we're not alone, because Jesus said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. And we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. He is on the inside of us and we're never alone. He is in us and with us, as John 14 says. Jesus let us know as he was preparing to return to his father, he 
he told his disciples that I will not leave you comfortless or as orphans. That's what that means. I will not leave you as orphans as though you've been born and left to yourself. I will come to you. I will be in you and with you. So we're never alone, though it can be lonely sometimes because John 17 lets us know that we're no longer of the world, yet we're, we're in the world, but not, but no longer of the world. And so that means that our associates will change too. Actually, they need to change. Though we love people, yet our life is different now. Let's go to Second, Second Corinthians, the sixth chapter, starting at the 19th verse. And I'm going to read from both the King James Version and the Amplified Version. Verse 14 in the sixth chapter says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel or an unbeliever? I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible now. Verse 14. Do not be unequally bound together with unbelievers. Do not make mix-matched alliances with them inconsistent with your faith. For what partnership can righteousness have with lawlessness? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Verse 15. What harmony can there be between Christ and Belial? Or Satan, or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? So there we have it. There's a difference now that we've come to Christ. And it's important to connect with other born-again believers of like-minded, of the same spirit, and of the same faith in Jesus Christ. Praise God. This will assist us with our transition into this life of God in Jesus Christ as a child of God, um, being a born again believer. You know, it's, it's one of the highest, it is the high, not one of the highest, it's the highest honor that we can have to be called a child of God. Praise God. That is encouraging in itself. It was, at least it's encouraging to me. Praise God. I love it. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. I don't want any other life. This life of salvation in Jesus Christ is, uh, oh God, words cannot describe. There is no other way. Once one comes to Christ and actually lives the life that God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit have paved out and laid out for us. As children of God. Okay, let's let's continue. Another thing that um, can happen as far as carnality, it can lead us to not only look to our own flesh, or putting self in the place of God or the word of God. Because of our limited understanding, it can cross over into enmeshment. And what I'm talking about there, it can... Give place to man that belongs only to God. We see that in 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, starting at verse 1, where Paul is talking to some of the believers in the Corinthian church. Let's go there. 
it's important to note that Paul is talking about how the carnal state also prevents spiritual growth. Starting at verse 1, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual or as to spiritual-minded people, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto or up unto this point, ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able to bear it. Verse 3, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? So you see here, the carnal mind also, especially if it's not being renewed, if we're not being renewed in the spirit of our mind, engages in envy, strife, divisions, and such. And it's more throughout the Bible what the carnal mind can do or, or, or um, leans to. Anyway, verse 4 says, For while one saith, I am Paul, and another, I am, a, I am, excuse me, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? And see, this is the other thing. This is point right here that the carnal person looks more at the natural man or what's natural or what they can see with their eyes. And it's hard to latch on to or recognize the spiritual for what it is. Verse five, he goes on to say, who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed? You came to Christ. He's saying you came to Christ through us. And that's all we are. Even as the Lord gave to every man. Verse 6. I have planted. Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. We were, In other words. Apollos and I. Paul is saying Apollos and I. We work together hand in hand. But it's God that gives the increase. God is that somebody. God is who is in control. Verse 7. So then neither is he that planteth anything. Neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. So we see here that Paul is making it plain. He's, he's making it very clear that it's God. It's God that gives the increase and it is God that is in control. And it, it is God who we need to look at and not mere men. Praise God. We are just vessels, conduits that the Holy Spirit works through. Yet we are nothing and God is everything, praise God. And it is by him, Jesus Christ, that we live and move and have our being, praise God. All this I'm emphasizing because of the importance of reading and putting the word of God in our hearts and minds. Because we don't want to be carnal-minded Christians and we don't want our thinking or our view to be skewed, like I just read, um, us not seeing God for who he is and giving uh, place to man that only belongs to God. Because the carnal mind, it thinks from a lower position and it doesn't savor or consider the things of God as it should. It doesn't take the Lord's perspective or, or the mind of God. We can see that in Matthew, the 16th chapter, Starting at the 23rd, no, excuse me, actually starting at the 21st verse. Let's look at that. 
And I'm going to read this in both the King James Version and the Amplified Version. I also want you to note this, that just before Jesus says this in verse 23, um, Peter, actually God gave Peter the revelation of who Jesus Christ is, him being the Son of God, just a couple verses prior to that. And Jesus knew that God gave Peter this revelation and let Peter know that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. After Jesus, excuse me, after God had revealed to Peter that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God, praise God. So I'm saying this because it's easy if we're not careful to yield to uh, being carnal, even when we get spiritual revelation. So we need to be aware of that. We need to be aware of that. Let me go on and read at verse 21. So, starting in the King James Version. From that time, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Verse 23. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense, offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Praise God. So I'm going to read it in the 23rd. Excuse me. I'm going to read it in the amplified version. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you are not setting your mind on things of God, but on things of man. So we see this here, how um, we, we can switch, turn off and on. We can switch, switch our minds off and on. And it's important to stay in the word of God in order to see things God's way. Uh, view it from God's mind and not as man. Because the spiritual mind uh, sees distress or adversity as working together for our good. Romans 8 and 28 reminds us of that. And it says, and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. So that says no, that no matter what the adversity, no matter the, the distress, the spiritual mind looks at God and has an expectation that he's working a plan. He's always working and, and a plan, though we can't see it all the time. Unlike the carnal mind that focuses on focuses on what appears to be misfortune based on the limited understanding and what one sees. Do you remember in Romans the 11th chapter when the Jews rejected um, Jesus and it opened up the way for the Gentiles, which is all of us that are not Jews? That's an example of what I'm talking about. Sometimes what appears to be misfortune or tragedy or the end, or adversity, can turn around when we believe God 
and look at it through spiritual eyes, with a spiritual mind, and look at it as God being glorified, God going to turn it around, waiting for him with expectation to turn around, turn it around and be glorified in it. Praise God. Well, I thank you for joining me. That's all I have for now concerning the necessity of change. I, I think you got the point how necessary it is for us to go with the change and be transformed after receiving Jesus Christ in order to live as a child of God in the kingdom of God and to experience God's best, God our new father, best in the kingdom. I thank you for joining me. This is Spirit of Life Ministries. I'm Sister B, and until next time, God bless you. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Life Ministries, an anti-ministry purpose for revival of the heart toward God. Restoration of the soul for the hungry and the lost. Let them that are thirst come, let them take the water of life freely. Spirit of Life Ministries is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you'd like to be a blessing to the ministry, donations can be made through the Giveify app. To contact the ministry, send all correspondence to Spirit of Life Ministries, P.O. Box 210081, Milwaukee, Wisconsin 53221. Spirit of Life Ministries can be reached at 414-249-5121. Until next time, thank you and God bless you.